old, I'm tired, and I work with a bunch of children. Name that pro wrestler. Oh, I have no idea. CM Punk. Come on. I should have known. God, who am I? I'm just, man, I suck at this. On the day WWE goes to Netflix. Netflix. And chill. And if the show sounds different this week, that's because it is an Austin episode. Welcome into this week's edition of the Sports Gospel. Darren and Austin, after getting a nice holiday break, going to try to sprinkle. That's my 2024 resolution. Get more Austin time on here, starting with episode 134. 134. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite baseball players, I think my favorite baseball player. Bo Jackson. War number 34. Bo Jackson. He is not named Bo Jackson. There's two. Hmm. One played for the Twins his entire career, Hall of Famer. One got tr- left the Twins and signed with another team. Justin Morneau. No. Kirby Puckett. There you go. That's one. I, there's like three Twins players people can name, and we're going to talk about the other one here in a minute. Let's see. It's it's got to be Kirby Puckett, Rod Carew, or Harmon Killebrew. Those are the three. Well, considering that players. number thirty four got retired because of Kirby Puckett, it probably isn't the other two. So you just said he played for the Twins. Yeah, Kirby Puckett played for the Twins. But then there's another player that also wore number thirty four that played for the Twins when he was young and then became iconic when he was in his prime. Satchel Page. Sure. Rogers Hornsby. Yeah. Now you're going way back. Jimmy Rollins. You are now you're in the right generation, but you're on the wrong team. CC Sabathia, Pedro Martinez. Who's he that was, pitcher? Who's the Johan Santana? That's what I'm trying to think of. Nah, he was he went to the Mets. He was number 57. Andrew McCutcheon. He was with the Pirates. I baseball players move around. I don't pay attention to where they go. I mean, he did play f- for the Giants as well. So after he cut his hair, no, David Ortiz. Oh, was number 34 as well. So sure. And so is Shaktus at one point, I think. Yeah, Shaq had every number. Well, I don't know that that's true. Well, and again, that's why this sounds different. When Austin and I get together, not only is there a lot more nonsense, but we also get to be in studios. We see each other face-to-face. The rest of the guys, we all do it over Zoom, and even then, a lot of the times, we don't have our cameras on. So here we have nice studio radio equipment, and there's a lot more shenanigans. Shenanigans. But we're going to talk about, since we had the baseball intro, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to the gentleman who got in this week. Going to talk a little bit of coaching, both on the NBA and NFL side, and then finish up with the big topic of the week, the NFC and AFC championship games. So we'll start right there. And Timing worked out really well. This was not intentional, but have our most baseball-knowledgeable co-host on here with Austin to talk about those who made the Hall of Fame and maybe some guys looking to the future. First ballot Hall of Famers, Adrian Beltre and Joe Maurer. And then on his sixth attempt, Todd Helton. So you had these three guys getting in. Congratulations to all three. Adrian Beltre getting 95% of the vote on his first year. Joe Maurer just sneaking in, getting above that 75% threshold. Baseball voters are weird, and there's a whole culture of nobody can get 100%, and they really don't let guys get over 99 but Adrian Beltre, I feel like, is a kind of an underappreciated guy. He played for so long. He's a guy that I forgot about. But he kind of bridged the gap from the steroid era to the post-steroid era and was just kind of consistent. We never talked about him. But getting 95% is a pretty big accomplishment on your first try. Can you name all the teams that he played for? The Astros. Dude. The Rangers. The Blue Jays? So the problem is I can I can fuse Adrian Beltre and Carlos Beltran. What? Beltre, Beltran, those are not similar names to you? One was a center fielder that won a 
that played for the Astros, and one was a third baseman that did not play for the Astros. They're both huge guys who hit a lot of home runs. I just Carlos Beltran is not huge. I just know, and he's a cheater. So (laughs) I just know that Adrian Beltre played forever and played for the Rangers for at least part of that. Yeah, that was the last team he played for. Do you can you name the first three? There's a Canadian team. There is not a Canadian team. The White Sox. Not the White Sox. Brewers. Not the Brewers. Cubs, Astros, Diamondbacks, Mariners, Red Sox, Yankees. Okay, there you go. You got one. <laughs> you probably don't know which one, but you R- did get one. Rays, Jays, Reds, Indians slash Guardians, Giants, Dodgers, Pirates. Am are you, I, at am this I point, anywhere close? Yeah, you haven't said all three. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. No, you are. So close, yes, but I think you almost might be farther based off of the, what just <laughs> happened. So. Uh, no, he cut his teeth. At, he his, his initial career started in L.A. I think he hit 55, 57 home runs his last season as a uh, as a Dodger, and that's what got him the contract. And he signed with the with the Mariners. Then he ended up not doing super good for the first handful of years that he was with them. Became really good friends with Felix, uh, and then moved on. Went to the Red Sox for a year, and then when he went to the Rangers, I think that's kind of when everybody was able to hone in on who he was and his personality and, and the fun loving and, and the enjoyable spirit that he was. So, um, four different teams and he was a hometown guy for, for about six years or so back when the Mariners were going through a, a struggle a little bit with each row and Felix and couldn't figure out their life, but he was also a part of that team. So, uh, he was a lot of fun to watch and he was a good, good, kind hearted spirit as well. So good for the game. Good for him to make it into also make it into the hall of fame. So I pulled up Adrian Beltre's baseball reference page. The guy started playing back in 1998 at 19 years old. Played Told up, you. Played up until he was 39, like you mentioned, four different teams. But he was in the majors for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. He didn't make an all-star till his 13th season and then made four out of the next five years, the first one with Boston. And then I think he really – I have to imagine he'll go in the Hall of Fame as a Texas Ranger. That's where he had his best years. Multiple-time All-Star, a couple of gold gloves, some MVP love here and there. Uh, but just kind of – I feel like kind of a quiet grinder that nobody really That's talked crazy. about. It was 2011, one of those – did Rangers make back-to-back? Was it 10-11 or 11-12 that the Rangers made back-to-back World Series? Lost both. But I don't want to say they made – yes, no? Uh, you 10 and 11, yeah. That, like that Josh Hamilton team? Yes. With So Beltra is part of that. Yep. So, yeah, kind of a – it's weird to me that there's, there's no steroid concerns with him because we can talk about Gary Sheffield here as well, fell off. A guy who I thought would have been in, but there's a lot of Balco, Mitchell report steroid issues with Gary Sheffield, so he fell off on his last chance to get in this year. I'm impressed. I mean, happy for Beltre. I just wonder if guys who kind of bridge that gap in the late 90s, early 2000s, if there's no concern for him. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. I think you mentioned it initially. Baseball writers are weird and goofy, and they're very old school and like their own rules and do the whole thing. So they they leave out guys that are, were iconic to the game just because they th- they didn't follow the rules of the 1940s. Right. And so <laughs> there's a lot of guys. I, Adrian Beltre clearly isn't one of them. But uh, to your point, I, I I don't. I mean, obviously he wasn't a, a steroid guy. At least not that not that we would know. Um, but there's a lot of those players that they just feel as though because they win against the grain or win against the old school rules that they just won't get voted in, which is unfortunate because they're also very iconic and really good players that need to be a part of baseball history. 
Um, quick side note, hot shot. Name all the teams that Ricky Henderson played for. Oh, good Lord. Athletics. <laughs> One, two, three, four, four stints with the A's. Red Sox. Red Sox at the end. Yankees. Yankees uh, early on. Um, he went A's, Yankees, A's. Probably his peak from 79 to 93. Royals? No Royals. Okay. Uh, he, he played like 26 seasons, didn't he? 79 to 2003. 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, one-time MVP. How many how many, how many seasons did he have over 100 stolen bases? Can you count that one? Uh, he was the he was a twelve time stolen base leader. I don't know if I can, but hopefully Wikipedia or Baseball Reference can. What other teams did he play for? I don't know that I know any other stints. There's a bunch of random teams. White Sox. There's yeah. a bunch of random teams so in there. He he was pretty consistent. A's, Yankees, A's, and he then for the White Sox. Uh, no, no White Sox. But he did so a year with the Jays, then back to Oakland for two two years with the Padres. Oh, I should have known that. One year with the Angels, back to the A's for a year, back to the Mets for two years. Here's here's where we get real goofy, chaotic. Uh, one year Angels, one year A's, two years Mets, one year Mariners, one year Padres, one year White Sox, one year Dodgers. Yeah, I said the White Sox. Red Sox, sorry. So, yeah, I, 26 seasons, is or I don't know, whatever it was. Two, <laughs> 24. Two, too many. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten franchises. Yeah, well, when you're the stolen base king, I guess you're allowed to do that. 1,406 stolen bases, 130 in a single season for the MLB record. Made in the Hall of Fame in 2009. I don't know that there's anybody that's ever going to come close to that. Didn't we make it easier to steal bases, though, now? So it's going to be challenged more than it ever was? Okay, do you realize how many stolen bases that actually is? Like a Ronald Acuna, how many stolen bases does Ronald Acuna have this year? I don't. Know. Did he get to a hundred? Wasn't that a big deal? I, th- I think he did. I think he did. But you have to have a hundred stolen bases eight years in a row. So the career stolen base record, according to Baseball Reference, Run Ricky Run is there first place, one thousand four hundred six. Second place is Lou Brock with nine hundred thirty eight. So Ricky is five hundred ahead of the second place guy. 1,406 divided by 20. If you stole 70 bases on average for 20 seasons, you would break the record. So the the leader right now among active players, unless I missed somebody, I don't think I did, is Elvis Andrews, who has 347. But he ain't getting anywhere And he's 34. Close. Starling Marte is also 34, and he's at 338. Also, Bill, somebody who's never going to get anywhere close. Billy Hamilton. So these are guys who are listed as active. Billy Hamilton's at 326, and we consider him to be the speed guy. Yeah, but he's old. He's not old, but he, he he's too old to get the record. I'm just saying, like, Ronald Acuna probably, if we were going to anticipate anybody getting the record, he was going to be the one that will do it. But that's a that's another one. That's just like another random statistic. That's like, You talk about, like, old-school baseball geeks. That's a, they have, there's a lot of numbers in this world that just will nobody will ever touch ever again, and that is one of them. So Acuna is 25 years old right now. 26. You take that up with baseball reference. Um, so he has 180 right now. So he needs 1,300 more. You know, not, <laughs> he, he needs 1,200 more. So whatever that is, if he, if he plays 10 more years, so he needs 120 every year for the next decade. Which he had 106 Ricky. this year. 
So he didn't even get to that. That's what I mean. He could be the second man in the Thousand Club with, with our new higher base. Yeah, but that's and an, also that. anticipating that he stays healthy. And I mean, he missed a whole year. You know, like there's a lot of a lot of ifs about that. It's a bunch. It's a it's a wildly different game than it was when Ricky was playing. Ricky was different. Ricky was different. And then he hold the record for the most walks in a career too. Ricky was Ricky. Oh, let's find out. I think that's. I think I'm right about that. And the most leadoff home runs in a career. That is a very random stat. Yeah. Oh, oopsies. Lost the internet. Um. So, anyways, back to guys who actually made the Hall of Fame this year. Todd Helton, just kind of a – I feel like he might be Mr. Colorado Rocky. You could maybe argue Tulowitzki. But when I think Rockies, I think Todd Helton. So happy to see him get in. And then I think you still have a picture of this guy up on your bedroom wall, Joe Maurer. I, is, is, is in, in, hey, you got over 75%, you got 76.1, or is it the fact that you can say, I am a first ballot Hall of Famer, no matter how you got there, you got there? I don't know. I think how many first ballot Hall of Famers have there been? I don't know that there's been a lot. So that's probably, that's, I mean, that's a kind of a landmark deal when you get to be that, right? I can only look at so many pro baseball reference pages, but I feel like it has to be pretty minimal. First ballot Hall of Fame major leaguers, Ken Griffey Jr., Pedro Martinez, Greg Maddox, Frank Thomas. So it's all new guys, so they're getting soft. Is Adrian Belte first, first ballot? Yeah, he was first ballot. David Ortiz, Derek Jeter, Mariano, Roy Holiday, Chipper Jones. That's a weird one. I didn't think that he would be first ballot. Jim Tomey, Pudge, RJ, Smoltz, Maddox. There's... The fact that uh, Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz got, got all in, inducted within nine, a nine-month stretch is a little absurd. And Chipper Jones. Those teams were loaded. And they got, what, one one ring for them? They one. Two. one. And, but I think they won the division 15 years right. in a row. I mean, they basically walked into the playoffs every season. So Adrian Beltre becomes only the 19th MLB player ever to get more than 95% on a Hall of Fame ballot. That's fun. Who was the most previous? Derek Jeter? Probably Derek Jeter. Oh, let's see. Yeah, Jeter. Um, yeah, they're just – I don't know if they're – are these guys getting higher vote percentages because they're not letting as many guys in? It's like, well, we have to put somebody in because – Chipper Jones is great. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he got 97% of the vote and was a first ballot guy. I can't think you can sit here and say that he's better than Honus Wagner, Ricky, Willie Mays, Carl Yastrzemski, any of those guys. Well, I don't it, – it, we also never saw them play, so what do we know about the, how, they, how what they were? We just only have numbers and video. We have no idea. Can you name the five highest vote getters in terms of per, ballot percentage? There's five guys who got 98.8% or higher. No, I can't. I know Derek Jeter's on there. Jeter is second. The other one is a teammate. Uh, the other one is one of your all-time favorites, and the other two are old pitchers. Mariano? Mariano, is, he's the only guy to ever get 100%. Greatest closer of all time. Of all time! Okay, so say that one more time. What, what was the... So those were the two guys who were teammates. The other one, I think you said... 38 seconds ago, one of your all-time favorites. Kirby? Close. David? The greatest swing ever. Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr. got 99.3. Number 24. And then two guys who both got 98.8%. Old pitchers. I mean, Cy one, Young. one's far older than the other. Nope, where's Cy Young? Cy Young is probably way down here. Not quite that old. Much more like... Sasha Page. You're getting closer. Bob Gibson. You're getting closer. Sandy Koufax. You're getting warmer. 
One of you guys may have been. I don't know my baseball history as well. One of these guys may. They probably both overlapped with Koufax a little bit. 70s? Yeah, I think we're both. Uh, I feel like I named the good ones. <laughs> there's one. I mean, there's one who some people would say is the greatest pitcher of all time. Bob Gibson. No. <laughs> Uh, no, one of these, yeah, one of these guys had his best run in the sixties and seventies and then lingered Nolan for a while. Ryan. They're, that's not even one that I was queuing up, but yes, Nolan Ryan is one of them. And the other one was a guy I get for how good he was. He was before my time. So I just trust baseball heads to tell me about him. Sixties and seventies. Yeah. What team? What team? He's mostly known as a Met. Had a run with the Reds. It looks like as well. Oh God. I do know. Uh, Tom, is it, he's a dude that had the Seaver. Tom Seaver, there you go. There you go. Three-time Cy Young, 12-time All-Star, World Series champion, Ricky of the Year, and Hall of Fame inductee. He's the weirdo that had – he dragged his back leg, so he was famous for having dirt on his back pant leg. And so <laughs> it's so random, right? But, you know, it's, it's, it really is very random. But they uh, – the Mets, in homage of him, they all one game played with, like, a dirty knee, which is so strange. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what – it was I don't know I that's a very interesting <laughs> baseball tidbit but uh, do we need to so we talked about Beltre and Helton and Maurer I do you need a minute here to talk about Joe Maurer Mr nah. Twin Nah Mr Beloved Twin is he on, is he on the Twins Mount Rushmore that I mentioned at the top is it is it Maurer Carew Killebrew and Kirby he ha- well he is well well he is because he was born raised lived died hasn't died but he's he's <laughs> definitely just, still alive is joe mauer he i mean he is only because he's a minnesota boy born and raised like that's all like he played high school ball there grew up there all all of the things but there i mean minnesota only has seven hall of famers so you know you think of, you, you should win more well we yeah. have two so what does your team have rude you didn't even have a team. That's true. So you can't even talk. How are those Tigers doing? Hey, it's a good week to be a Michigan sports fan. That's not what I said. Uh, so talking, looking at some of the guys who didn't make it, Gary Sheffield, the big one who fell off, Billy Wagner just on the outside, may get in next year in his last year of eligibility. Billy Wagner ain't making it. He ain't. He's set, he got 73.8% and next year will be his last year. He ain't making it. Um, Andrew Jones, middle of the pack, Carlos Beltran. And then you get some of your steroid concern guys, A-Rod, Manny Ramirez, Bobby Abreu, uh, some of these other guys, Chase Utley, Omar Vizquel, Jimmy Rollins, Andy Pettit, Mark Burley, and your boy Torrey Hunter. I thought he would be a lot higher, but he's down at 7.3%. So He's not a Hall of Famer. Really? Let's just put it point blank. All right. He so, was like, it's, it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, right? Like, he was a okay, really good Dion. player, but what's okay. that? Okay, Dion. Dion. So, Prompt time. Rapid fire, yes or no? Are they Hall of Famers? Billy Wagner. No. Andrew Jones. No. Carlos Beltran. Cheater. A Rod. He should be, but he won't be. He should be, but he won't be. Manny. Also, someone that should be. I don't know that he will though. Chase Utley. No. Omar Vizquel. Uh, probably not. I put him over a lot of those other guys though. Bobby Abreu. Uh, very good. No. Jimmy Rollins. MVP? No. Yeah, he's him and Omar jump should jump a lot of these players in my opinion. He's closer than I think the other ones are. Andy Pettit. Uh steroids. Mark Burley. 
Doesn't he have a perfect game? Or at least, like, like two? Not two. Is he a perfect and a no-no, maybe? Probably. I mean, they are the, technically the same thing. Well, uh, Francisco Rodriguez, a.k.a. K-Rod, correct? Is he K-Rod? Yes. No, he's not. The other three guys are not Hall of Famers. I can already tell you who they are. Now, thinking about our debuting names in the class of 2025, next year could be some good ones. Ichiro, yes, absolutely. No. Stop it. <laughs> I think CC Sabathia is an interesting one. Is he in? Not necessarily first ballot, but in the next decade. I think that he should be. Yeah, 100%. Dustin Pedroia is interesting. Yeah, I think he should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, World Series champion, World Series MVP. Yeah, get him in there. Ian Kinsler was great for my fantasy baseball team back in the day, but I don't think he's in. Uh, It depends on – I don't know what his numbers were long term. I mean, he played for a long time. So if he has the longevity uh, numbers, then he might make it. 1,999 hits. Why don't you just stick around for that one? Well, you ask A-Rod the same thing. He had 5,597 home runs. Getting those final three was, uh, a, was a tough battle. King Felix, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Could be a good year. Get King Felix and Ichiro on the same. Get two Mariners in. Yeah, it's crazy how they had two Hall of Famers on their team, three Hall of Famers on their team. And then a handful of names here, but I'll just ask you about who I think are the biggest contenders. Troy Tulowitzki, Hanley Ramirez. I don't think anybody else. A lot of good names here, some all-stars, some good guys who had long careers, but I think Tulo and Hanley Ramirez are the next two. Uh, I don't know that Hanley is. Tulowitzki probably might – probably. He'll get close. I think he has a good. I don't. I don't know that he is, but he'll have a. Those guys used to be fantasy baseball darlings. I remember all that. Oh yeah, like Hanley Ramirez was always ranked number one in fantasy. Didn't matter. Mets mostly, right? Mets and Marlins for Hanley Ramirez. Yes, yes. Did Tuliski play for anybody else besides the Rockies? He had to have, right? I'm sure, he bounced around somewhere, but I only think about him with the Rockies. Tuliski. Oh, he's a Blue Jay. He played for the Blue Jays for a while. Yeah, that's right. You know, and I, yeah, again, like I don't. There's a lot of there's a lot of players that have had good careers, good careers, but you don't get in the Hall of Fame having a good career. You get in the Hall of Fame for having a Hall of Fame career. There's much different, right? So, I don't know that those guys are gonna get like Jimmy Rollins was different. Jimmy Rollins won a World Series MVP. Like, you think about, he was the best player in the league for a year or two, best shortstop in the league, you know, led his team to the World Series. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Right. It's Hall of Fame. Right. What did Tulowitzki do? Is he any better than – would we think that he's better than Jimmy Rollins at their peak? It's a, it's a good question. Right. Now, without looking more just in my head from what I remember, I think Tulo was put up better numbers, but – Rollins was integral to better teams. Like, we think about how good the Phillies were. Granted, they had Ryan Howard and Cliff Lee and Roy Halladay and yeah, but who was Jimmy the best? Rollins and Chase Utley. But who was the best player on those teams? Like, he was the one that won the MVP. You think uh, Jimmy Rollins was better than Utley and Howard? He won, I mean... Shane Victorino? Damn, those teams were loaded. Lo- for some reason, I love that Phillies team. Cole dang. Hamels was young and good. I didn't really... Dang. Who played center field for those teams? Do you remember... Wasn't it Victorino or was it Jason no, Worth? No, it was. No, 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 no. Jason Worth was a right fielder. It was. Are you sure it wasn't Victorino? Who was the dude that Aaron Rowan, right? Was. I'll take your word for it. He's the dude that ran face first into the fence and like broke his nose. <laughs> See, I thought that was Victorino. No. No, it was not. God, those teams were. I didn't realize how good those teams were. That is unreal. Man. 
Good for them, I guess. Right. That that may be the thing. Is there any one breakout star? Is there just like seven really, really? Well, I guess Lee and Halliday are both in, aren't they? Cliff well, Lee and Roy Halliday. And again, say what you want. Who was the MVP on that team? Like, I'm just, I'm just the GM. Uh, yeah, fair. Well, maybe the owner who had all the money, but he he was the one that won the one that was the MVP. I'm just, you know, you say what you want, and maybe they. I don't know if they had another guy, another player, win it a different year. I thought Utley and Rollins both won it, but I could be wrong. Here, I'll have it here in 32 seconds. I, j- as soon as I close out my baseball reference windows, you have all these questions for me to look up. Uh, MLB MVPs. I've got... Ryan Howard won it the year before him. And then it was Pujols, Pujols, Votto, Braun, Posey. And then uh, before Ryan Howard, it was Pujols, Bonds, 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 Bonds. <laughs> Kent. Jeff Kent, which is wild to think that they had those. I mean, they went to a World Series, didn't do anything, right? So it was Howard and Rollins. So yeah. we decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, but that's it, it, tough because you, you also were going through the prime of Ryan, of uh, Albert Pujols, too. Right. Um, side note, which MV, all-time MVP winner had the highest war during their MVP season? Oh, good Lord. Barry Bonds? Your, your guy, Walter Johnson, in 1932. 19- Okay, my 16.5 war. <laughs> yeah, back when we played for the Washington something something. Washington Nationals. Yeah. Same franchise, I suppose, but geez. His record was 36 and 7 with two saves and a 114 ERA. Two saves, man. That's the one thing that we really needed to know. He pitched 346 innings. Walter Johnson. Same franchise as the Minnesota Twins. Let's go. For reference, Kershaw won the MVP with 198 innings pitched. That's weird. It's weird how different it is these days. Um, like there, we we may never see a a pitcher get to 300 wins ever again. I'd be lucky to see pitchers get to 200 wins. What's that? What was, we'll be lucky to see pitchers get to 200 wins. Yeah, like pitchers don't even pitch a complete game anymore. Like we'll get like. 15 complete games this year. There's five guys playing who have 200 wins. Verlander, old. Granke, old. Scherzer, old. Kershaw, getting old. And Wainwright, old. Yeah. Garrett Cole is 32 years old with 145 wins. He's Johnny also, Cueto's he, old. Lance Lynn's old. Mad Bum's broken down. Charlie Morton's old. Chris Sale's fallen off. Strasburg's fallen off. Kluber's old. Would you put Strasburg in the Hall of Fame? I don't think right now. He also is a World Series MVP. Fun fact. That was the weirdest World Series of all time because the road team won every game, but he still was the World Series MVP. I think it was that one, right? 2019? Sure. I was trying to name the the World Series list like the World Series champions in my head at one point like 5 days ago. I was that bored. I was pre- <laughs> I was doing pretty good. I missed a few, but I did pretty good. I got back to like because you go back to the Yankees run, and then I forget who won it. The Yankees won three in a row. I forget who won it. In, it was like 96. 96 might have been the Marlins. I'm not 100% on that. but Because were, were the Yankees 98, 99, 2000? Because 2001, yep. 2001 is your Diamondbacks. Correct. 2002 was the, the Angels. 2003, no. 
Yes. Were, were the Marlins 96 in 2003? Yeah. Yes. I don't know why I know that. Cubs were 2016. I know that. Phillies were 2008. Okay. We're on 2004, so. <laughs> <laughs> White Sox are in there. Is there. So Red Sox are 04, White Sox are 05, because it was Sox to Sox back to back. Was it? Did the Red Sox get 04 and 07? Mm hmm. Yeah. So who's 2006? Is this like the Tigers or somebody random? Uh, I think that's the one I got caught up on. 2006 might have been here. I, I, so I was going backwards. So I did. Last year was the <laughs> Rangers, and then it was the Braves, and then it was. So we're back into 2021. 2021 was 2020 was 2020 was LA. Wait, who'd you say 21 was? So that an Astro? No, the Astros had one. 2020 Astros, Astros were 22, weren't they? They might have been 21. I feel like the Astros were 22, but I feel like the Braves were 22. You might be right. It's we're it, it could be flip flop, but those two are in those two years. And then 2020 was the Dodgers. 2019 was the Nationals. So you had Angels. 2022 is the Astros. They beat the Phillies. Okay. So 21 is the Braves. 20 is the Dodgers. 19 is the Nationals. Yeah. 18 is the Red Sox. Yeah. 16 was the Royals, right? You skipped right over 17. Yeah. I don't know that I remember 17. Yeah, I don't know that I would have remembered this one, even though it seems like it should be obvious. 17 was the Astros. There you go. That was the big the cheating team. one. So 16 was the Royals. Yeah. 16 is the most famous one on here. What? 16 is the most iconic one on here. Why? Because historic things happened. Why am I not remembering what happened? I don't know what the most the biggest moment in a hundred years of baseball history. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Chicago Cubs breaking the streak in 2016 and winning the World oh, Series. Gross! And the year before them was the Royals in 15. And then the Royals lo- lost in 2014 <clears throat> to the Giants. Mm-hmm. And then 13 was this. It gets a little goofy. There's some. There's a couple weird ones in here. I know 2009 was the Yankees, and then the Giants won the odd years. So they won, right? Or they won 14, or the even years, I guess, 14, 12, and 10, I yep. think, right? Is yep. that right? Yep. Uh, one of the years, the Cardinals is in there one year, right? Cardinals are in there in 11. Okay. So I'm missing 13? Yep. It's an American League team. Yep. The Red Sox. There you go. Yeah, okay. 2009 was the Yankees. Yep. 2008 was the Phillies. Yep. 2007 was the Red Sox. Yep. 2006 was the White Sox. White Sox are 05. So 2006 was, it's another goofy one, I think, right? The losing team is a little goofy. The winning team isn't. The losing team is the Rays, right? Nope. The Phillies beat the Rays. Yeah. Okay. Um,. And 2007 was like that Rockies team was garbage, and then they won like 20 straight games and then got crushed by the Red Sox in the World Series. That was 2006? That was 2007. Oh, okay. Because the 
That also happened with the Cardinals. The Red Sox also smacked the Cardinals in the World Series. Who swept them? That I think was that the, might have the first. That year, was the 4 one where the Red Sox won like eight straight games. Yeah. yeah. Um. So who was 2006? That's the one I probably got. I mean, I got hung up on that one too. Because then we go White Sox, Red Sox. 2003 was the Angels or was the Marlins? 2002. Yep. Was the Marlins? 2001. The Diamondbacks, and then you go Yankees, 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 and then it was. Like, Guardians break. No, it was. Yeah. See, now we're all. It's, this is before my mind really right. started working. <laughs> so the t- the one you're missing is the 2006 Cardinals, but okay, we got to keep moving on. We're burning daylight here. Okay. Uh, before we get into football, do you want to discuss anything that's happening with the Bucks and strangely firing their coach, which tells me he upset Dame or Giannis or both? He upset Giannis because he was making fun of Giannis's brother. Ah, that'll do it. So that's what I mean. They, I mean, that's from what it sounds like is the reason that it happened. But it's odd to me that they were able to bring in a coach so quickly. <laughs> I'm not super sure as to what is going on here. But I don't know. It could work. It could not. I doubt that it will. But you never know because they have two superstars that are really good. So Yeah, I mean, that's kind of Doc Rivers' thing, though, is just kind of steady the ship and let Dame and Giannis do their thing. And I feel like that's that's Doc Rivers' thing is just babysit the the superstars, and that's what he's built his career on. He's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, and he's great. hasn't really done anything. But he's, he's great with the big personalities. So. Yeah, so we'll see. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. He, don't make th- don't make fun of the Nassis. Write it down on your notebook. <laughs> Done. Send it. All right, moving on. It's a weird reason to get a coach fired, but you know what? When you're the superstar and the best player in the world, you can do that. So that's what happens. Yeah. And a guy who seems super chill, like Giannis does not seem like he's a guy who's easily upset. So if you've pissed off Giannis. Yeah, the brothers are coming after you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of coaches, finally some needle-moving – in the NFL, we had Gerard Mayo hired a couple weeks ago to the Patriots. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals the last couple of years, I believe he was the only NFL coordinator, that offensive coordinator that had his job before 2020. So that's how quickly things change in the NFL. Callahan had been with the Bengals since 2019 and excited to see what he can do with Tennessee, bring Will Levis along, team that's definitely in rebuild mode. I think King Henry's going to be gone. So. All in all, it seems like a good hire for the Titans. Bring a young guy along, give him a shot, and see what he can do with Will Levis. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to see what the coaching carousel is going to look like this year. What are the openings we have now left? The Chargers are open. The Raiders hired their coach, right? Antonio Pierce just signed on his contract as well. Yes? Yep, yep. So Antonio Pierce is... is so, so we good. have... So we have Commanders, Falcons, Yep. Panthers. Yep. Is that it? Four Seahawks and Chargers. So there's five still out there. Okay, we had those three filled, and this is a weird year. This is what I want to get your given right now in 2024. Whichever one of these teams you are the owner or GM of, do you want Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, or Jim Harbaugh? Because <laughs> we are you have kidding we, me. Because <laughs> it feels like everybody's trying to go young, 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 and you see all that's worked out with Brandon Staley losing his job and people getting mad at Nick Sirianni and who knows what's going to happen with Jonathan Gannon and a lot of these other guys. But then you have these three old heads who are Hall of Fame coaches. I do think Harbaugh is for sure going to go to the NFL with the right opportunity. I think Pete Carroll did not want to leave the Seahawks job, so I think he would still love to coach more. And then Darth Vader's floating around there somewhere all the talk is what i've mostly heard is harbaugh to the chargers belichick to the falcons 
I'm not sure where that would leave Pete Carroll. He seems like a West Coast guy and obviously can't go to the Seahawks. I don't think he would work for David Tepper in Carolina, so it kind of de facto leaves the Commanders. I also heard Bill Belichick might go to the Commanders too. So that, That's the one that I like. I like because I think they want to make a splash, new franchise, new owners. They want to get their name out there and restore some credibility. I just don't know if they want to go with some young, high-energy guy that can build Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whichever, because they're definitely getting a quarterback in the draft. Well, you don't like the quarterback they have now? He threw for a lot of yards. I do like, which also brings up, does nobody want Eric Bieniemy as a head coach? Like, I had this thought today, and all the talk, I have not heard Kellen Moore or Eric Bieniemy brought up, and those were supposed to be the two coaches, the coordinators that are being groomed for success. Moore's coming out that Bieniemy may be a little bit gruff and not a guy that you want leading the franchise good as an offensive coordinator. Did great things with Sam Howell. The commanders weren't good, but their offense put up points, and Sam Howell put up numbers. But is is Bieniemy one of those guys who's better for coordinator life than head coaching life? You know, there's another name out there that's oddly being left out, and I don't know exactly why. Is Beeflo Flores, DC for Minnesota? We learned our lesson with the Dolphins. Did we? Is that? I mean, did we? I think the NFL might have learned their lesson with the Dolphins, but the, I I just don't know that he's a bad coach. I'm very I'm happy that he's going to be that nobody's talking about him <laughs> as a Vikings fan. Yeah, and and maybe it was you know people grow, people change, people learn, and maybe his guy needs a second chance. I just wonder how much of a sour taste did people have after how things went down with Miami. You know, maybe he's better suited to be a defensive coordinator as, as well. Right? There's people that are like that, but I didn't think that he was a bad coach necessarily. I just think that there was a, it was a kind of a odd situation in in a weird way that he left that situ left that situation. So there's certainly you don't want headline news when you hire your coach necessarily in a negative way. You want it in a positive way. So I think that there's a reason why he is getting left out. But it's interesting to me that that is the case. Because I think to your point, I mean, you think about the Kellen Moores of the world, the other ones. There are some coaches out there that are oddly being loose, left down, left out when we thought that they were kind of being fast-tracked into being the head coach of a franchise at some point. So there must be a reason behind it. You know, there's a reason we don't make those decisions. But I am curious as to at the thought processes and the, and this, and the decision-making behind why they're uh, – leaving those guys out so this goes counter to my own point that i just brought up but but stick with me i'm going to play matchmaker the atlanta falcons get bill belichick the panthers get cam newton the panthers get bobby slowick who's the offensive coordinator from the texans that everybody's after pete carroll stays on the west coast gets the chargers job ben johnson the offensive coordinator for the lions who's the hottest up-and-coming coach right now takes the seahawks job and the commanders get Harbaugh. He gets to rebuild that thing from the ground up. Big, splashy hire. They give him full control. He gets Caleb Williams or one of these young quarterbacks in the draft. So they're, that's looking into your crystal ball. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I think Harbaugh has specifically mentioned that he doesn't want to coach in the AFC. So the fact that he might be going to the Chargers because of his brother. Yeah, that's... People like he he has the Southern California connection after coaching at San Diego and then living in California and Stanford. But that's one thing. That's why I think he may be attracted to one of the. Luckily, the other four openings are in the NFC. Right, and it's so I, I, I'm curious because I mean it looks like they're pretty close to hiring him, and it's going to be a good hire. We all know what he can do. I think that he's after a Super Bowl, but it might alleviate a little pressure if his brother wins this year, which you know he I, he has the best team, so he has a high likelihood of doing that. Although the Chiefs are really really good, so uh, and so that might alleviate a little pressure. But he doesn't. 
from everything that I've heard, I don't know that he wants to coach in the AFC just because he doesn't want to coach against his right. brother. That would I mean, make he, wants, sense. he wants to avoid his brother at all costs, which he would be able to do that if he, more so if he was in the NFC. So, Does does the Chiefs' success this year hurt Eric Bieniemy's head coaching credibility? What that success? Th- that they were the Chiefs being the AFC title game? The fact that they, they were, were able to replicate without the enemy, does that hurt his chances nothing of getting a was, job? Nothing, nothing was replicated until two weeks ago. <laughs> that's that's the Chiefs. They can turn it on whenever they want to. They just they can limp into the playoffs and flip that switch. Yeah, so I don't I mean it's going to. I don't think it should. I think I mean I don't I didn't know I didn't think that the offense was very good this year at all. I think that Patrick Mahomes was good and then they just couldn't figure out their life and now Patrick Mahomes is really good. And they're catching the ball, and so finally they're able to move the ball down the field a little bit. But I wasn't super excited and turned on about what the what the Chiefs' offense was doing this year. I wasn't. I didn't think that they were that good. I thought that they were average at best. But they, then again, you have the best quarterback in the world with the probably the best arm that we've ever seen historically in the world. So you're probably going to figure it out eventually. And that's kind of what's been going on. And there's some throws that he makes that are absolutely absurd. I don't know if anybody watched that game. It's kind of unfair the things that he can do with the football. So Jordan Love tried to make one of those throws. Yeah, how'd that go? I'm happy the Packers lost. If anybody listened to last week's show, I didn't get my wish of them getting demolished. But man, did it feel good to watch the Packers lose. Um, but anyway, do you want to start AFC or NFC championship game? Uh, I don't give a rip about the NFC championship game because the AFC champion is going to win the Super Bowl. So. Is oh. it? It's. It reminds me a lot of that Seahawks Niners year, where it's like we knew that whoever won that game was going to win the Super Bowl, and it and they beat the Broncos forty three to eight. I think was that the same year? Yeah. The the so the the Peyton Manning Broncos made two straight Super Bowls. No, they didn't. Or no, was it the Seahawks made two straight? Yeah, they did. And the, but I, have the, the I have the freaking history in front of me, and I'm not. Yeah. But the second year was the year that the Seahawks were down 16 nothing to Aaron Rodgers and miraculously came back off a stupid onside kick. So that was that game. So the the Broncos the Broncos made the Super Bowl in 13 and 15. Yes. And the Seahawks made it in 13 and 14 or 14 and 15. Yes. So the Bron- the Seahawks beat the Broncos in 2013. Yes. And then next the Malcolm Butler was 2014. Yes. Okay. There, there you go. go. Now I'm with you. You're figuring it out. Yeah. You got it. Um, Feeling better? Well, I'm going to make you talk about the NFC Championship anyway. Because our beloved, America's team, the Lions, and America's boy, Brock Purdy, America's superhero, Captain America, Brock Purdy, leading the uh, 49ers. Am I a jerk to say that Brock Purdy is no much better than Baker Mayfield? Yes. Why? Well, Baker Mayfield's underrated and underappreciated, first of all. Number two, totally different personalities. Number three, I'm not Brock talking Purdy about personality. A, number three, Brock Purdy is a field general. I'm, I, I don't under – what do people want from NFL quarterbacks? Everybody, everybody sucks. Listen to any sports pundit talk. Every quarterback sucks. Every former player, every fan on the internet. I saw something today that was like all the Alabama quarterbacks are only good because Alabama had great skill positions. Yes, Alabama turns out amazing running backs and wide receivers and offensive linemen. But I still think Tua and Jalen Hurts are NFL quarterbacks. Mac Jones, you can make that argument. But we've gotten into this thing where all the quarterbacks are junk, which I do not buy. You you know, just because somebody puts you in the kitchen with all the ingredients, you still have to make the dinner. And that's what Brock Purdy's doing. Let Brock cook. 
Yeah, well, you know, I don't think that he's a bad quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. But when people start talking about him being elite, about him being the MVP, about all that nonsense, that's just not the, that's just not the reality. He when he he was down two of the event we I, I just call him the Avengers two of the Avengers when when Debo and Trent Williams was out and he lost four straight games. Okay, who would win? Are you, okay? Here, this this is my argument. It's the the Justin Herbert effect is my argument. People think Justin Herbert's the greatest quarterback who's ever played. Who would what, win? What has he done? Okay, you know you, 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 ta- you I, take I, away listen, Trent li- Williams and Debo away from Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. he would not do any better. Listen to me. Kirk Cousins lost Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw, the number one tackle and the number one wide receiver in the league, and won four straight games. So you're going to tell me that Brock Purdy is better than Kirk Cousins? He has a better he has a better cast of team and a better defense around him for sure. But when you lost his when you lost the weapon and you lost his player, what happened? You can say whatever you want, but it's the reality of the situation. But you still have to you still have to work with the pieces around you. Just because you have talent doesn't mean you're going to do something amazing. I mean, the Bengals still had three stud wide receivers and a decent offensive line and Joe Mixon, and they were 9-8 and eight sitting at home in the postseason. Seahawks, three amazing wide receivers, awesome running back, decent Three amazing line. wide receivers, really? Three amazing wide receivers? DK, Lockett, and JSN. How many of them are actually I – would, I would argue that none of them are top 10, other in their, uh, top 10 receivers, not, not a single one. You can't say that they're amazing. They're not even top 10, top 15 receivers in the league. I think people would beg to differ on DK. Oh, that's fine. It's just not the reality of it. But this this argument that Brock Purdy is not good enough, you could... He's not a there's, there's a reason he has the job over Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're no longer there. He proved himself just like Dak, just like Tua, just like Goff, just like Stafford, just like Baker, just like Hertz. They earned their jobs, not just because somebody had to do it. I'm not okay. Listen, I'm not saying he's he's a good quarterback. That's I mean, he threw he threw for four thousand yards this year. Like he's a good quarterback, but what I don't think he is is an elite quarterback because I believe an elite quarterback will overcome bad coaching, bad O line, bad receivers, bad whatever, bad defense. Whenever it's not a perfect situation for him, he doesn't. He's not able to win. That's the difference. He can play. He can. He can run the field. He can run the offense. He can throw a good ball. There's a lot of things he could do, but he also, for three and a half freaking quarters, was the worst player on the field. And then all of a sudden, when he needed one drive, he figured his life out. But you can't tell me for three and a half hours, the worst player, the worst player on the team is good at what he does. That's not the reality of it. And he's going to be, he's probably the fourth best quarterback in remaining. And you can't really argue otherwise. Who of what other quarterback in the NFL not named Patrick Mahomes can take any team, throw them on his back without decent offensive line, without good wide receivers, and win? I think Josh Allen at his peak can. Well, he lost basically that situation Sunday night. Yeah, to the number one quarterback that will maybe ever have seen play the game. So that there's only two elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and Lamar. There's probably three. Lamar, who everybody wrote off and thought he was terrible and shouldn't get an extension from the Ravens. Okay. Sure. Lamar, who's going to win MVP this year and already won one before, unanimous. I'm just saying, everybody everybody acts like everybody acts like you must be a top 10 quarterback to be a considered elite 
And even then, like people like Trevor Lawrence, who I like, I want Trevor Lawrence to do great, but he's struggled. It's this the conversation around NFL quarterbacks is everybody's junk and nobody's good. It's like, okay, well, what do you want? No, I'm not asking. I'm not. I'm not going down that road. All I'm saying is that he isn't elite, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that think he's better than what he is. I w- if if you put him on the Buccaneers and and Baker Mayfield on the 49ers, who has a better record? Like, does Brock Purdy have a, the same record that Baker Mayfield had on the Buccaneers, or worse? Probably worse. I think he would do. I think I think the Bucks would stay the same, and the Niners would come down. And this is, and I like Baker. I like both these guys. What would make them come down? I think Brock Purdy makes smarter decisions with the ball. They both had the same amount of interceptions. I think Brock is a is a safer quarterback. He he's he's really as somebody who watched him a lot in college. He's really toned down kind of the gunslinger mentality and trying to trust they his had arm this, and legs too much. They had the same amount of interceptions in one season. Let's extrapolate that over, out over time. Okay, yeah, he's played one full season. Baker just because Baker's played five and he's played one. That's wait till he plays three or four seasons and okay. see what happens. That's fine. Can we do the same thing with C.J. Stroud, who everybody wants him to be the next Tom Brady? Can we wait? He also is on in, in route to being one of those quarterbacks. Now, we don't know that he will be yet, but he is based off of the team that he was playing for and the personnel that he has around him was a, was a player that will – I mean, it his, the trajectory is there to get to that elite status. Now, he I was it's his – rookie season so we don't know what it will turn into but i i would argue his ceiling is significantly higher than brock purdy's i don't know that it's close well let's remember that kyler rg3 and vince young were all nfl rookies of the year after great one-year runs it's nothing is guaranteed in this sport they're also very different quarterbacks but everybody wanting to crown Dak Prescott is all these different facets of quarterback conversation and Jalen Hurts everybody loved Jalen Hurts and now six months later everybody thinks he's garbage and should be traded he's a good he's a good quarterback he's just and again I said like like I would say two of the same thing like you can say whatever you want to say I just don't think that they are overcomers I think when the situation is right and the players are healthy and it's warm weather or you're playing in a dome and you have a good defense, yeah, there's a lot of players, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can win in that situation. But when it, when the wind is choppy and you're the, in the AFC Championship game and you have one downfield threat that doesn't catch the ball and your ankle's broken, like who's going to win that game? There maybe is two quarterbacks in the world that could do it, three. So Aaron Rodgers is not elite because he couldn't overcome at his, issues in the playoffs. When he at it, at his peak, he was for sure because he did. He won Super Bowl. So, I mean, what are you asking? Well, you're saying that teams have to uh, to be an elite quarterback. You have to overcome a lot of holes around you and win when it matters most. Yeah. Why didn't Aaron Rodgers win more? If he if he's the all time if he's the most talented quarterback to ever do it, I never said that. That's that's a lot of the common. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a M- multi-time MVP. A lot of people say he's the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. So if we're if, if the argument is that you have to overcome pitfalls and win in the postseason to be elite, then Aaron Rodgers would not be elite. Uh, well, I mean, he won a Super Bowl though, so I'm confused as to why you're asking that. Well, shouldn't he do it more often then? If Brock Purdy wins one Super Bowl, would that make him elite? Uh, if he wins a Super Bowl with a team that doesn't have the Avengers on it, yeah, totally. I don't think that he has a chance against either one of the AFC quarterbacks. There's no way in hell. So when Aaron Rodgers had 
Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews, Nick Collins, and Greg Jennings, all pro bowlers and all pros. Okay, what are the quarterbacks that he lost to, though? Out of curiosity. Tom Brady was one of them. Russell Wilson, Hall of Famer. Well, Russell Wilson's doing his best to lose his Hall of Fame spot. He lost to he lost to Russ one year in the NFC Championship. He lost to Matt Ryan in another. Okay, Hall of Famer. He lost to Brady, and then he lost to 2019 Niners, which would have been Jimmy G. And the Avengers, and how'd that team do? I'm, I mean, and that team is, like, the Niners are, are historically a good team because they have a GM that's going to be one of the all-time best GMs ever. Right, the way that he structures contracts and the way that he pays his players and the way that he's able to make sure that he still has, holds strong on everybody that he can that he can has on his team, right? So, like you can argue whatever you want, but Aaron Rodgers also won a Super Bowl, and he beat an elite quarterback in the Super Bowl in Beth and Ben Roethlisberger. So, the fact that you're trying to argue was he overcoming or was he not overcoming? He overcame it all. I mean, he averaged 13 wins a season. Like, I don't know what the I don't know what the argument is, and I don't even like the Packers. I just want there to be some consistency in people's arguments about quarterbacks. In that nobody's late, they're all terrible. We can't give anybody credit. That's what bothers me about the quarterback conversation is nobody wants anybody to be elite. Well, and I, the, the why was Brock Purdy a part of the MVP conversation eight, eight weeks ago? He put up a season that was worthy. Really? You really think he was worthy of the MVP? If if the job, he, if the goal of the, the MVP it, is to be the best player in the league this year. Was he, okay, is he the best player on his team? I'm not saying I would have voted for Brock Purdy, but I understand why he was in the conversation. I would not pick any of the quarterbacks this year. He's probably the eighth best player on his team. No, I, I will happily argue that Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP this year. I'm totally fine with that conversation. I don't think, because... With all the usual suspects injured, Mahomes was down. If you compare Lamar Jackson this year to Lamar Jackson, his previous MVP, he's not – his numbers are way down. So if, for my money, Christian McCaffrey should have been the MVP. But I think Brock Purdy deserved to be in the conversation based on his performance. <laughs> sure. I don't think that that's right. But, you know, I, I just – so is Nick Foles beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Great, that was a that was one game. Still beat an elite quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah, in okay, pull up Tom Brady's statistics in that Super Bowl. Statistically, that was his best Super Bowl. If you really want to look at it, I think he threw for four hundred yards that game. I'm just saying, if that's all it takes to be an elite quarterback, Nick Foles needs to be in this conversation too. Nick Foles didn't do it consistently. You could say the same thing about Joshua Dobbs. Like, what do we like? There has to be a larger sample size. When Aaron Rodgers wins 13 games a year and wins a Super Bowl, what? It, at, at what? There, there, there is a stretch of games in there, multiple games where he, the defense wasn't playing at the level with all the pro bowlers that they had on their team or where he didn't have all the pro bowl wide receivers. They never really had a strong running game realistically. So like there's a stretch now to win a Super Bowl, you got to have all, you got to have the quarterback and the team. It's much different, right? You look at the teams that you look at the teams that win the Super Bowls. It's, it's not common if really ever that a team has one or the other. 
they got to have the quarterback and the team. That's the formula to win a Super Bowl. So when you have one, just the quarterback, you can't just have the quarterback and just say, yeah, go win. It's not realistic in the NFL. Never gonna, It doesn't happen. They, it happened one time when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl with the Broncos with Von Miller and all that team on that defense. Post-elite Peyton Manning. So if Sam Darnold, if Brock Purdy tears his ACL in practice this week, is Sam Darnold have a chance to win this game because the team around him is so good? He has a chance. Will he do it? I don't know. He has a chance. Is the Niners' chance with Sam Darnold just as good as it is with Brock Purdy? No, but that's it. Brock Purdy's been the starter all season. Of course it's not going to be the same. There's a reason why he's the backup. Oh, so Purdy is talented. Why would I? Why would I never say that he wasn't talented? When did those words ever come out of my mouth? That's the general argument you and everybody else makes against Brock Purdy is he's done nothing to earn it. It's it's a plug and play system. Any quarterback could go back there and win. Well, it's been proven to be true, hasn't it? I don't think just anybody. That's why Trey Lance didn't work out there. We've seen two guys do it: Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. Yeah, and how did Jimmy G do do once he left? His injuries are different than talent. Yeah, even when he played another full season, he didn't play very good. I don't. I, I'm not here to defend Jimmy Jam. Just proving it's not a plug and play system that just anybody can jump right into and win. I argue that it's probably the most plug and play system in the NFL. There's probably more quarterbacks that would be successful in that system than any other system that's designed in the NFL. Shouldn't your coaches be there to put you in the best position to win? Sure, but that doesn't mean it's realistic. We are going so far over. Do you want to pick a winner of this game? Uh, I think the Niners will win. Clearly, I'm going to be cheering for the Niners. I will not be mad if the Lions win. They're, they're the little engine that could. They're America's team. They haven't been here in decades they have to go to San Francisco, be playing this game on Sunday afternoon. So whoever wins this, I'm cheering for the NFC. Whatever happens, I'm picking the – I want the NFC winner to go the whole way. That's what I want. It's not going to happen. The AFC is too good. Oh, t- quiet, Tim Kalashaw. So, 3.30 on the West Coast time. Lions playing at the 49ers. If, if we have to have an AFC team, I want it to be the Ravens so the Chiefs circus goes away. Chiefs going to the Ravens. Patrick Mahomes, his 16th in a playoff game last week, his first time on the road, which is crazy. This is the first time that the AFC title game has been outside of one of three cities in the last 12 years. Yeah, the, uh, what do we call it? The uh, Kansas City Invitational, like the Alabama Invitational for the, all those years. In the last last 12 years, the game has either been in Kansas City, Foxborough, or Denver, which is crazy. Last time it was outside of those three cities was in Pittsburgh. So, welcome back, Baltimore. They haven't hosted an AFC title game since the 1970s when they were the Colts. I just I just want to be done with the Chiefs circus and everything that comes with it and the Why? outside attention. It's just I, I want my football back. I don't want all the shenanigans. I didn't think the Chiefs were unlikable. I heard this conversation going around. Have the Chiefs finally jumped the shark? Every dynasty, we get overexposed. We see them too much. Happened with the Warriors. Happened with the Yankees. The Cowboys have been like that forever because their fans make it that way. Happens with Alabama football, Duke basketball. I didn't think the Chiefs were unlikable, but the more this year goes along and all the 
attention. I'm I'm ready to have a Chiefs break. Is it because of Taylor Swift? It's because of everything that goes along with the Chiefs now and the constant commercials. Not only do we have to have Mahomes and Kelsey in every single commercial and then every single game, so if we have to go into the Super Bowl cycle with just nonstop Chiefs in our face, because whoever comes out of the NFC is not going to get any attention if they have to play the Chiefs. The Ravens, it'll be 50-50. You're not a Mahato fan? It was fun the first 397 times I saw it, but then like the last 1,286, I've had enough. What's wrong with What's wrong with Mr. Mahato? It used to be fun. I mean, it's like every song you, you know, I like that song. It's one of my favorite songs, but I don't need to hear it 32 God. times a day. You are such a hater. Haters going to hate, hate, hate. Yeah, you are such a hater. So I have not cheered for Baltimore this whole season. Not really nothing against Baltimore. They're just the complete team. Fantastic offensive line. Lamar's stepped his game up. Zay Flowers has proven me wrong. I doubted Zay Flowers coming into this year. He's been fantastic really picking up for that team. And the defense is just loaded. So many fantastic guys. Kyle Hamilton, Patrick Queen, and Roquan Smith leading the way. Justin Matabike up front. The Ravens are loaded. I I just go Baltimore. I don't often cheer for the Ravens, but go Baltimore. Yeah, I am rooting for Baltimore because I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson. And I just I really like the way his style I like his plays, I like his personality and I and I am embracing uh who he is. Uh so in that regard I think that I'm rooting I well I think that I'm rooting for him to be successful. Uh, and I want them to win the Super Bowl, so I'm not rooting against the Chiefs, though, and it seems strange to me that someone would be. I don't know. I think they've become. They're not. They're not a team that's been overdone, or like they have, haven't been a team where it's obnoxiously in your face. I don't know. I just don't feel like it's a, it's a different style of dynasty than it has been in the past for a lot of these teams. You know, it's almost like the 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 uh, the Patriots for all those years, where it's like, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're in your face. Yeah, Brady's not amazing, but like they weren't a team that. I don't know. It, I just don't mind them winning, I suppose. You know, it is – do I wish that there was more diversity in the NFL? Sure, yeah, but what are you going to do when you have the world's greatest quarterback and one of the best offensive minds in the same room? Same thing happened with Brady and Belichick. You know, we're just going to have to withstand the storm and pray it doesn't last more than 20 years at this point. You put together a monster defense that's going to terrorize Kansas City. I like Buffalo, but Buffalo's defense, they were so beat up, and they're getting old, and they cannot match what Baltimore brings to the table. Which is basically what Tampa Bay did when they beat them, right? But then Kansas City also was down like three offensive linemen at that Super Bowl, I think. or They were depleted. And promptly went and got like three brand new offensive linemen right away in the offseason. That's why offensive line in Kansas City is much better this year, but we've seen the issues with the offensive line, and then you make them go up against Kyle Hamilton and Geno Stone and Marlon Humphrey, and it could be a long night in Baltimore. But, so give me the Ravens in like a, I want like a 30-24 game, Baltimore going to the Super Bowl. Where's the Super Bowl? Las Vegas? Vegas, baby. Baby. Yeah, you know, I'll roll that way. I, I'm rooting. I, I'm gonna. I think the Chiefs are gonna win. I, it is. You know, Patrick Mahomes has lost one. Okay, so he's lost two games to Tom Brady in his playoff career, and then I, he lost one other one. I forget. He lost. He's lost three games, and two of them have been to Tom Brady in the playoffs. He's so he's thirteen and one when he's not playing Tom Brady in the playoffs. Joe Burrow, baby. And so Joe Burrow is the Chiefs' killer. It's crazy to think that they're the underdog. E- in Baltimore, not because Baltimore is not the best team they are, but when you have a, a somebody of that 
elite of status of player, I can't imagine him losing. So I'm picking. I I don't want to pick against him. Just same thing. You don't want to pick against the goat. You don't want to pick against Tom Brady. So I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. What is our line here? ESPN, three. ESPN plus three. No, ESPN has minus four for Baltimore. Okay, four. I I, I feel like these. Who knows what it could be, but what it'll be come game time. But no, I like Baltimore. Give me Baltimore to cover that. Over under forty four and a half. Over. I say it feels like a weirdly low line for this game. Over. I don't know. It depends on the weather, I suppose. But I feel like it'll be over. Forty nine and cloudy. Okay. Yeah. Way over. Yeah. This seems low. I mean, I'm a, I am a appreciating that Baltimore defense, but still only giving up 21 points. Right. That's like a 21, 24 game, right? That's probably what they're baiting you on. Do you want to go with a 21, 21 tie last second field goal? Yeah. I don't think that I, that's over. Yeah. So there you go. Bet the over. If you want to feel bold, pick Baltimore to cover the spread as well. Good talk. And sorry, quick, can we pour one out for the Buffalo fans? I just, I feel so bad for the Bills. Wide right, once again. I'm a Josh Allen fan. I like the Bills. Best uniform in the game. A lot of guys on that team that Best I like. Best uniform in the game? Best NFL uniform is the Bills with the white helmet and the blue jersey. The red Texans uniform is the best is uniform in the game. What's wrong with you? We'll or the powder blue. The Chargers had it until they ruined it by putting the numbers on the helmets. Okay, so then we'll go with the red Texans jersey. We'll do a full uniform episode here one of these weeks. But I just you can't help but feel bad for Buffalo. We already had the four falls of Baltimore once before, and it feels like it's come back to haunt them to get so close and then be at least let them make the Super Bowl one time. Why? That's just even more heartbreak. I would rather make it and lose than not even get there. Are you sure? I mean, it's not something I really have to think about, but in my mind, I think I would at least want the experience that I could look back in 30 years and say, you know what? I played in the Super Bowl. I made it. Played or cheered for? Either. I'd rather go. I'd rather rather have the experience rather than just losing in the divisional every single year. Yeah. Well, when you have Mahomes and Mahato on the other sideline, I don't like your odds. It's like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Eventually he'll overcome it. You know he will. But it just we we don't know when that day will come. Well, right now we have Allen and we need something for Kincaid. I don't I don't know how to make that one work. I don't know where you're going with this either. Well, like Josh Allen and Dalton Kincaid are going to be the new Gronk and Brady and Mahomes and Kelsey. They're going to be the new version. They're going to. I was talking about them being Peyton Manning. Oh, I'm talking about quarterback tight end connections. Yeah. So, who, do you even remember who Peyton Manning's tight end was? Unfortunately, it was Dallas Clark for a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. We're not allowed to celebrate Hawkeye players on this show. <laughs> was he another Hawkeye tight end? Yes. Let's go. He was the OG of the tight end you. Of the Iowa Hawkeye tight ends. Yeah, there's like 10 of them. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. Like the three best tight ends are all Iowa guys. Tight end you. Kittle, Hawkinson, and Laporta. Yeah, let's go. Where'd Komet go? He's uh, not an I, Iowa guy, I is think, he? I think Cole Komet's a Notre Dame guy. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, baby. So what is that? And then, I guess at least Charlie Kohler playing for the Ravens. At least we got one Iowa State guy mixed in there. But, yeah, two of the tight ends are Iowa guys playing in the of the final four teams. Tight end you, baby. Other, what team am I forgetting? Oh, the Chiefs. Yeah, Kelsey went to, go to Air? No, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, I was going to say Ohio. 
Midwest boy. Gronk went to Arizona. That's what I'm thinking of. Which is so random because Gronk grew up in Buffalo, New York. Oh. I mean, but knowing what we think we know about Gronk, does him going to Arizona shock you at all? Like party, uh, party university, West Coast desert? <laughs> no. I'm surprised he didn't go to USC, but you no. Know. Or Arizona State. <laughs> Arizona State makes a lot more sense, too. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know that he was very highly recruited either, so I, that yeah. also makes a, he was a like little a more sense. He was like a second or third round pick. Like, I wonder if he played with Nick Foles. Do you think he played with Nick Foles when they were there? Ooh, was he? Were they there at the same time? I would have thought Gronk was a little bit older, but I could be wrong. The And I, I know it's trepidatious to speak his name, but I feel like Aaron Hernandez was kind of the gem of that draft. He was far – I think they got him both in the second round. Did they get drafted the same year? I think Hernandez and Gronk were both second rounders or second and third round in that same draft, and I think Hernandez was the far more – They definitely played together. Thought of. 2000 – are you sure Hernandez was in the same draft? I'll bet your life on it. Thank you. Love you too. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was drafted in – 2010. 2010 NFL draft – why can I not find what I'm looking for? 2007, 8, and 9. Are you going to beat me to it? Which, I don't know what you're looking for. I'm, I'm, I'm in the draft now. Aaron Hernandez was drafted in the fourth round. Thank, okay, so maybe Gronk was higher thought of. So Gronk was a second-round pick. This is back when the Patriots knew what they were doing in the draft. I don't know that they knew what they were doing, but let's see. Nick Foles. That's interesting. I think they did play together. That uh, Gronk is a little older. A little older. So Gronk's senior year was his freshman year. So I don't know that they would have played on the same field together, but they were on the same team together. Right. Interesting. Man, what? <laughs> Weird. Bill Belichick must have loved those Urban Meyer teams. He drafted three guys from that Florida team, which, as we've learned what we know about that Florida team, that was the height of... Also, can we talk about how awful those documentaries were? There's just a hype train for Urban Meyer. What documentaries are you talking about? Did you not watch the Netflix documentaries on the Florida Gators? No, I didn't know that was a thing, but now I'm curious because like, that team was a real-life drama show. It's like a, there's like a three-part series on it, but it wasn't about none of the drama. It was bad. Oh, it tried to make them all sound good? It was a hype train. Yeah, it was horrible because everybody knows what actually was going on we were looking forward to the jails and the arrests and the bar fights and the tattoos and the n-words and all that crap i feel like any of that i feel like that florida team is what everybody thinks the u teams were i mean the u teams weren't were a little raunchy too weren't they they were but i feel like they were a lot more like showmanship on the field i think off the field like they had fun but they weren't crazy like that florida team was and then weirdly tim tebow but like I feel like he's that, the only reason they won. Are you kidding me? He someone has to love Chris Christ and but yeah, they had Macro. they had the choir boy and then just the the the, the pouncy twins. Not, yeah. <laughs> that whatever Urban Meyer did under the table to get that team together and who was the one receiver that they had? The white boy. Uh, Riley Cooper was on that team. Percy yeah. Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Cam Newton was on that team. Pou- oh yeah, forget about that. Percy Harvin, yeah. the Pouncy Twins, Brandon Spikes, Aaron Hernandez, Tebow. Those are just guys I guess name off the top of my head. Major sure Wright. I'm sure there's way better guys that I'm not even thinking of. Yeah, well, Major Wright was on that team. Uh, who was their running back? He wore number one. Gosh, what was his name? Was that Percy Harvin? 
Well, did they have? Oh a, no, they, did they. Yeah, no. Percy Harvin was the number one. They had a different running back. Did they that have that one-two punch that was the um, Rainy and Demps? Rainy was Rainy on those teams. I thought he was a little younger. That's why I'm trying to remember. I now you got me thinking, so I had to pull up the 2007 Florida team. And then the quarterback Chris Leak. Chris Leak was before that one. So Chris Leak won the year before when Tebow was the backup. He was in part of the documentary. Yeah, but that was the 2007 season, right? I thought that was 2006, but could be The 2007 wrong. championship, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, Cam, yeah, Cam was a freshman. Tebow was a sophomore. Chris Rainey was on that team. Uh, a bunch of guys I don't. Percy Harvin, Andre Caldwell, David Nelson, Riley Cooper. David Nelson. He's really good. Aaron Hernandez. What happened to that guy? I don't know. Pouncy Twins. Derek Harvey made it in the NFL. Carlos Dunlap had a good NFL career. There you go. He's a Raven, I think. The Pouncy Twins, Brandon Dolphins. Spikes, Joe Hayden. Forgot about Joe Hayden. He yeah, was a he beast played, in the he, NFL. He played for the Browns for a long time, right? Really good yeah. corner. Yeah. yeah. Is that Major, right? You mentioned Major Eight. Yeah. Brandon, Joe Hayden was like an all-pro for the Browns when they were like the bad Browns and so nobody paid attention to him. Right. But, yeah, that team was loaded. And then let's talk about 2010. <laughs> 2011? Was it 11, the year that they just like – like to after, the year after Tim Tebow where there's like – Urban Meyer left, everybody left, and it's like, oh, okay, this is what it's like post <laughs> post icons here. This isn't fun. Did they get whooped? I don't remember this. I think they were like six and six. That might have been there was a season where they lost a game to Georgia Southern Yikes. who didn't who didn't complete a pass or attempt a pass. <laughs> I think. Jarek McKinnon was on that one of those teams. I think it was Georgia Southern. Jarek you know who Jarek McKinnon is. Yeah. He's yeah. still floating around for the Chiefs or somebody. Yeah, he's a Niner. He's a Viking. He played for a handful of teams. Yeah, I think he was on one of those teams that they played Florida, and they beat him. So Florida went – so under Urban Meyer, they went 9-3, and 13-1, and 9-4, and 13-1, and 13-1. and one. Yeah, that was so, the year that they lost. They beat Cincinnati in the Sugar Bowl so they had two, last season. Two national titles, and then they went 8-5 and five in the Outback – won the Outback Bowl. And then Will Muschamp's first year was 2011. They went seven and six, and Will Muschamp was like coach and waiting. I I liked Will Muschamp. I thought it was going to be great. Yeah, there was a season there where they I swear they lost to. Come on, I gotta pull it up. This is a lot of work. Now they're they, that's that seven and six year. They lost to teams you would like. A, it was a murderer's row of a schedule that they lost to teams you would think they would. But they also lost to Georgia Southern. I swear on my life. <laughs> That's what I. That's I tried. To, I tried to bet your life once already on this show. Yeah, and I would have lost. I'm trying to find. Yeah, I'm scrolling through here. They lost to. Oh, there you go. I got you. So 2013 Florida Gators, and this was like Will Muschamp was flaming out. They were clearly not going anywhere. They finished four and eight. This might have been Jim McElwain by this time. I know this was Will Muschamp, and I think this was probably a sign that he wasn't going to be long for college football. They lost. So they started out the year. Started four and one, feeling good, and then they lost to a bunch of good teams, and then Vanderbilt and Georgia Southern. They lost twenty six to twenty at yeah. home against Georgia Southern, and then the next week they got whooped by Florida State. Which was this a twenty thirteen would not have been Jameis, was it? Twenty thirteen, yeah, that was Jameis, or it might have been. Yeah, it was yeah, Jameis. Twenty thirteen was, was the Jameis year. Mm-hmm. Oh, good times. Oh, glory day. So remember, college football fans, no matter how good your program is, you will have down years. Happened to Alabama, happened to Clemson, happened to Texas, happened to Michigan. It's going to happen to Washington. Suckers. It's going to happen to Washington. It's 
it's been a bad month for Washington and a great month for the state of Michigan to have like, and let's, let's feel, let's end this on a high note. Let's feel good for Michigan sports. The Tigers have been bad forever. The Red Wings have been weirdly terrible for a decade. The Pistons are looking to be the worst NBA team that's ever <laughs> existed this year. But don't worry. Cause their coach is making plenty of money, <laughs> but they, they get to have the college football national championship and the lions are in the NFC championship game for the first time in eons. So let's, let's, feel good for the state of Michigan. They finally get some sports highlights, a well-deserving, a great sports city like Detroit. So happy for them to have something to cheer for for the first time in quite a while. And even like the Michigan and Michigan State basketball teams are kind of on a skid right now from what I can tell. Yeah, it's okay because I was good at women's basketball, so they'll be they'll figure it out. We, I, can LSU play them and destroy them? Can we make that happen? Or South Carolina or Stanford or something? Tara Vanderveer winning as coach in D1 college basketball. Let's go. They got Elsa on their team. Elsa. I don't I don't I don't remember her name. I just know that she looks like Elsa. Janu- <laughs> January is when we start talking about college basketball in my world and January and February I start paying attention to I'm okay college hoops. I'm okay with Get that. to know teams a little bit better other than like a little bit of December, Saturday, watch like Memphis and Xavier. Sweet. Well, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh I'm not a huge Detroit fan, but yeah. Go Lions until you lose to the Lamar Jackson and Led Ravens. They deserve something good. Let's let them have something to cheer for. Nope. Not going to do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Well, that's going to be all for this week's show. Went very long. Talked about a lot of random stuff. Hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back next week to recap the conference championship games, prep a little bit of the Super Bowl, and get back into NBA here. Give it a little bit meteor NBA and college basketball content. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Keep your stick on the ice. Bye.